The Lord be with you. Our scripture text on this Thursday after Easter is John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that your spirit would carry this, your word, deep into the most protected corners of our hearts, that we too might rise to new life. This we ask in the name of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. The risen Jesus is in search of his disciples who are hiding behind locked doors. Isn't that ironic? The stone has been rolled back, the tomb is empty, and Jesus is looking for his disciples who are so afraid that they're hiding behind locked doors. It makes you wonder who was in the tomb. We all have reasons for fear. Some fear what may happen with their work or someone they love or with their health. Others fear what is happening in our society or with the environment. Others still fear what did happen because the hurt was so great that it just keeps hurting. And we all then look for some door to place between ourselves and these things that make us afraid, a door with a lock on it. Keep the fear away. One of my favorite jobs in our home is to go around to all the doors at night before I go to bed and make sure they're locked. I love the sound of a deadbolt clicking. Just feels so secure. I go to the next door, click. The next door, click. I'm on safety patrol. And I have secured the perimeter. I wish there was someone I could salute. We're all safe now. But houses are not the only things with doors that lock. The human heart has one, too. A woman and a man are going on a date, another date. The woman takes a risk and saying, you know, we've been going out for some time now. It seems to me like we're getting pretty close. And you can almost hear his heart go click, click, click. She's not getting any closer. She may not know why, he may not know why, but the heart is shut down. 
or you are in a class, it was supposed to be a discussion. Someone says something with which you take issue, you don't think that's right, but you are afraid your own convictions will be ridiculed if you share them, so you just throw the deadbolt and hide. We all know about the yearning to be safe. Then Jesus appears behind the locked door in the midst of his disciples, and the first thing he says is, peace be with you. And then he says it a second time, peace be with you. A week later, when he again finds the disciples behind a closed door, he again says, peace be with you. The gospel writer John will not let us miss this point. When the risen Savior finds us, it is to provide peace, a, a shalom, a restoration of right relationships. This is why the early Christians who had so many more reasons to be afraid than we do would greet each other as we do now. The Lord be with you. The Savior is in your midst. Perfect peace, perfect love that casts out fear. Peace be with you. And after offering this peace, Jesus then says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. In other words, I'm sending you out from the places where you're hiding. Forty times in the Gospel of John, Jesus says that he's been sent by the Father. But now the Gospel story ends with Jesus sending us as his disciples. So we move pretty quickly from the Easter event to the discovery of peace to the commissioning of disciples. And what is this mission? If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, why would Jesus respond to our hurt hearts and to our woundedness and to our fears by giving us the mission to forgive sins? Clearly, it is not in order to complete the work of forgiveness. It's not as though we are the custodians of Christ's forgiveness. All of that work is completed on the cross. I think we're given the ministry of forgiving sins for our sake. We thought we were locking out those who've hurt us, but actually we're just locking ourselves constantly into smaller and smaller rooms. We thought in our anger we were retaining their sins, but God's going to forgive them anyway. When we try to retain sins, all that we succeed in doing is retaining ourselves inside a wounded heart. To forgive, as you know, means to release, to, to, for, to free. We are freeing not only the person who hurt us, but we are also freeing ourselves from the woundedness and the constantness of the hurt. We're freeing ourselves from hiding. We're freeing ourselves to become fully alive. In the words of the late ethicist Lewis Smedes, 
When we forgive, we release a prisoner, and then we realize the prisoner was us. So these are our options. You can retain sins or you can forgive and free. But after Easter, the possibility for shalom, for the restoration of right relationships, it always remains. Anything can come back to life now. Well, maybe you know that you ought to forgive. Maybe you even want to forgive. But for many of us, the real question is how to forgive. Because the wounds go pretty deep. We find ourselves locked, locked in resentment, and we can't get out even if we want to. Well, there's a part of the narrative I forgot. It's the part we always forget. Before Jesus gave his disciples the ministry of forgiving sins, he first breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why do we always forget this part? I think it's because we believe forgiveness is something that we should heroically muster up on our own. But as a pastor who over many years has watched people struggle to forgive, as a man who's had my own difficulties with this. I know that sometimes the hurt can toss you down into a hole too deep to climb out of your own. So serious forgiveness requires the work of a savior who went to a cross to take on all of the hurt and who then rose to give us all the opportunity for new life. We don't produce forgiveness, we proclaim it, and at our best, we participate in it. So when you're struggling to forgive, do not forget that the Lord is with you and peace is available. Do not forget that you have the Holy Spirit who can do within you what you cannot do on your own. Do not forget that after Easter, the possibilities of forgiveness and freedom are always before you. And also, do not forget that as the story goes, Jesus did not unlock the door his disciples were hiding behind. That part is up to you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.